what if they made a hotel just for you? And by you, I mean someone who travels all the time, like a global nomad. What do you think that would look like? Well, I think that that would be really interesting, especially if they had like all of the facilities you needed, like laundry, like, you know, things that global nomads need, like kitchens and things like that, since they're never- oh, A Come place to make kitchens. your food, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it turns out someone did. They made a hotel for global nomads. It's called Citizen M. The M is for mobile, and we're staying in one right now in London. Today, we're going to explore Citizen M, and we'll talk about what mobile citizens like us really want. This is the Elliot Confidential Podcast. I'm Christopher Elliot, and I'm here with Aaron Elliot and Aiden Elliot. How you guys doing? Doing pretty good. Molto bene. Molto bene. Me too. And in this episode, we're talking about global nomads. A little later, we're also going to read your comments from last week. We had some great comments. And we'll tell you a couple of our secrets. It's not called the Elliot Confidential Podcast for nothing. But first, this week's question, which is, which hotel have you felt the most at home in? Whether you're staying at a small country inn or a big chain hotel, I want to know where you felt like you were right at home. It's that feeling, you know, that feeling that you get where you walk in the room and you just feel like, you know, it's like almost like being at home. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. That's funny to say that as a global nomad, you don't have a home. I know, so, I know. So like, uh, what do you mean feels like home? Yeah, if I were to say one place, it would be uh, wherever we stayed in. Um, I forget the exact name, but we were in French Hook. For, uh, French Hook, South right. Africa. Oh, we were staying at an actual Le house. Clay. that Clay had, de Montagne. Yeah. Oh, that was nice. And it, it was, they had made it like a residence. It was a residence yeah. actually before. And uh, they also had some incredible BGM there. What is BGM? Background music. Oh, okay. Yes, they played just, uh, if you felt like you were in a Disney movie. All right, let's, let's bring in some BGM right now. And let's check into the Citizen M. As you walk into the hotel, the first thing that you notice is the BGM. They've got the soundtrack, like chill hop, cool vibe when you walk in and... Yeah, I, I don't even know how I would explain that. It's just, you know, it's like, is it techno music, yeah? It's yeah. London, you know? You know, the thing about London that I've really realized is that they have much a much different relationship with music than the French do, for example. So. Like, you can walk down the road and you hear some pretty nice beats. Like, they, uh, the British really love drums and, and beats. Uh, you know, drum and bass music originated from uh, the United Kingdom. And so they love this very, uh, this very drum-heavy music. It's very groovy. And you hear music everywhere. And whenever you hear music, it's always like something you probably have never heard of. It sounds familiar. You think, oh, it's just going to be more pop music or something like that, but it's very unique here. Yeah, we were in a restaurant yesterday and they had this like reggae music. It wasn't Bob Marley, but it sounded like Bob Marley, but it was something else. It actually sounded really good. Mm -hmm. So here we are in the lobby of the Citizen M near the Tower of London. We're listening to this chill hop music and we're checking in and it is completely self-service. Mm -hmm. I think this is the best self-service check-in experience that I've ever had where you walk in you see a screen you type in your name 
and then what happens? Because you guys all, we all checked in on a separate screen. So how was it for you guys? Well, I would say for me, it's fascinating because you just check in, you know, you put in your credit card for incidentals and for, you know, the bill. They also don't have a mini bar here, which is great. But after that, you take a card, take a key card. They have a, like a bunch of demagnetized cards and they'll magnetize it for you right mm -hmm. there. Yeah. And so you can check in just doing that. But also another thing that's very cool. Oh wait, is, you can also use their app. If you have their app downloaded, you can use their app. Yeah, exactly. So you can use their app to, um, to not just check in or expedite the process, but you can also use the app to, let's say you have a room here and you've checked in, um, but for whatever reason you, you, know, you want the AC to be on full blast when you arrive, well, you can actually you go can on the app, up, yeah. you can crank up the AC, and uh, when you come back, it will be the Antarctic. So you go upstairs to the sixth floor, which is where we are right now, and you walk into the room, and what do you see, Aiden? Well, you see that half the room is a bed. It's pretty, <laughs> pretty crazy. Right now, um, you're sitting on the bed. I, I am. We are actually recording this inside Aaron's room at the Citizen M. We each have our own room. Uh, each of these rooms are perfectly sized for one person. Uh, I would definitely not recommend sharing a room unless you really, really know the person very, very well. Really, really. But past that, it is the perfect size for one person. So it's... half the room is this huge, very comfortable bed, and the other half is a sink slash bathroom slash shower setup. Uh, it's all kind of merged into one area to save on room, but it works just fine. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's very um, compact, but also, um, what's the word? To, it's compact. It's, it's yeah. cozy. It's, yeah, but it's no, yeah, cozy in a good way. No, not, not cozy. I, I was going to say uh, efficient. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to just give you a little bit of background. These are 170 square feet, each of the rooms, which is very small. It's like being on a cruise. And half the room, almost half the room, is taken up by a California king bed. So this, these are really big beds. If you wanted to put two people in here, you could, but I recommend that you know each other very well. It's for very good friends. Mm. Friends with benefits. <laughs> okay, uh, maybe not that. Yeah. All right, the rooms also are very technologically, I mean, Internet of Things is a thing here. Aaron, you, you notice that because you have a computer science degree, so you always notice the technology first. <laughs> so what did you see? Yeah, I mean, really, these rooms have so much. So you can control uh, a lot from your phone. You can control the lights. You can control the color of the lights. You can control the AC. You can control the ventilation. You can control what the TV's playing. You can do that all from your phone. From your phone. You can change, from your phone. change the channel on your phone. Yep. It's pretty remarkable. It is. Yeah. And they also have a little iPad in your room with the app on it um, if, in case you, you want you know a bigger screen to... Uh, control the room but yeah I mean this you can basically control any meaningful thing using your phone you never have to touch a light switch which is great because I think that during the pandemic people didn't want to be touching a light switch or a TV remote control because they thought they might get infected yep. exactly yep so uh, a few things that they don't have here um, I love to do yoga in the morning and I like to find a nice soft place to do it. There is the the floor is hard and there is no yoga mat. So I did my stretching exercises on the bed, which turned out to be just fine. There's no mini bar. There's just but there is a refrigerator. That's good. And 
as far as I can tell, there are no laundry facilities. And that's really an interesting thing because I think a lot of global nomads have to do laundry somewhere. So we would have to go, if we were staying here for longer, we would have to go find a laundromat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just two nights. How about the food? Aaron and I went to breakfast here. Mm-hmm. What did you think of breakfast? Breakfast was absolutely great. Um, it had everything that you needed. I mean, it, it, doesn't, it was by no means the best breakfast I've ever had. It was very British. It was, it was very British. And it sort of reminded me of the breakfast we had at South Africa. It's by no means the sorts of breakfast you get in Abu Dhabi, Dubai. Um, oh, yeah. In basically UAE, they have the best breakfasts. But uh, here they had, you know, just normal British food. So they have rosti, they've got... Um, baked baked beans. beans. Yeah. They have tomatoes. Toast. They have porridge. They have uh, some... Crumpets. Yeah, they have... Uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me... Actually, it's worth discussing what's going on downstairs because I think this is very similar to a cruise ship in that the rooms are so small, you wouldn't want to be in the room except to sleep and to take a shower. So people go downstairs and congregate down there uh, with uh, that uh, chill hop soundtrack that we were talking about. And they do their work there and they socialize and get to know other nomads. It's kind of cool. Yeah. I like the breakfast that they had there. They were, I, you know, I, I'm, I love getting my Americanos, and they made a pretty mean decaf Americano, so I was very happy with that. Mm. Yeah, but they also have four tins of tea. They've got lots of tea. It's the UK. They better have good tea here. I know, and they also have a, a, a huge uh, just filter coffee pot, so if you don't want an espresso, you can just take coffee from a huge thing of coffee, but it's not in decaf, yeah. of course. But yeah, they have a lot of amenities down there. I mean, they have lots of food for breakfast, which is great. Um, and other, when, other than that, I'm very happy. Like, the whole thing is run... It, it's a smooth operation. Like, run like a cruise ship, yeah. It, no, it actually reminds me of Ikea because they've got the trays. Oh, oh yeah, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, overall, what do you think of Citizen M? I mean, I could... Let me just say this one thing. It is in a very good location. We are right across from the Tower of London. But... Ooh. Apart from that, though, what are your impressions? Is Does this have what mobile travelers, what mobile global nomads need? Uh, I mean, all I would say is include laundry facilities. That's that's all I can say about and a that. Yoga mat. Everything else <laughs> is everything you need. You know, uh, you got your bed, shower, all the stuff that you could possibly need, and also a great location. Just laundry facilities. It's an interesting kind of approach to minimalism. And, you know, you were talking about the Scandinavian way or Ikea. And I think that there's a little bit of an influence there from Scandinavian uh, where, where everything gets simplified and minimalized. And so that you just have what you need and nothing more, mm-hmm. which yeah. I think is really maybe that's the future of hotels, you know. Maybe, maybe. Uh, I think that really if I were a person and I wanted just one room, you are, I know you that are a person. Yeah. yeah. No, if I were a person that just wanted one room uh, in London, uh, I would definitely consider this place because really, this is a great room. Like, and it's not too much and it's not, I mean, I think, I feel like a lot of people know that most hotel rooms are full of a lot of stuff that they don't need. And maybe they don't like that. Uh, maybe they want something that's a little bit more efficient, something that you know, has fewer nooks and crannies to lose items in. Right, yeah, yeah. that's the other thing is you, you lose things. I mean, we've lost all kinds of things in hotel rooms. 
because they have all these knickknacks and you put things down and you forget about them. Yeah. Can't do that here. It's not possible. No. Yeah. Well, I would definitely consider this place. I am a person. You are a person. I'm yeah. a person too. London food scene. We've been here for more than 24 hours and we've actually checked out a couple of places to eat. What do yeah. you think, Aiden? Food scene here for vegans specifically is very large, but that doesn't mean it's good. It can be big. It's British it's, food. You know, yeah, it doesn't matter. It's not about size. It's about technique. And the food here, you know, the technique is a little bit off. It's not French. No, it's not French. Yes. We've just been spoiled by a whole month in Paris. Yeah. And British food is just, what can you say? It's not French food. It's not French food. But it, mm -hmm. I mean, it's not unbearable, but it, it, again, we're spoiled. We're so spoiled. We definitely got spoiled in yeah. France. We got taken for this 12 and a half percent obligatory surcharge at one of these restaurants and it was horrible like we we took their food and it was disgusting food and then they charge us 12 and a half percent it's a and discretionary surcharge such a mm -hmm. yes and uh and also the, this food was not cheap like 12 british pounds is something like 15 bucks 16 bucks and so they're charging us that amount of money mm. for basically i mean just terrible vegan food and so that was our first experience here, and it sucked. I think and, that yeah. you you left your first one star review for the restaurant too. And and so to put things into perspective, when you go from France to uh, the UK, the food quality goes down, the taste goes down, and the price goes up. And on top of all of that, now there are these twelve percent obligatory surcharges that just were not the case. They they weren't no, anywhere in France. Let, let me just say that when we ate yesterday, I'm not going to name the restaurant. I don't want to no, embarrass no, 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 them, but but I I will say that they they gave us the bill, and it had it was higher than we expected. So it was it, it came out the total came to almost eighty dollars. But they they added a twelve percent discretionary surcharge. They wouldn't tell us what it was for. And then they said, would you like to add a tip to that? And after the meal that we had, I said, oh, man, I just want to pay and get out of here. So and I figured the 12 percent covered the staff tips. So I just left after paying the bill. But I think that this 12 percent surcharge is just evil. I can't believe that they allow this. I have personally have a problem with it. Um, and I'm not going to eat at any more restaurants that have this 12% surcharge, which means I'll be going to a lot of grocery stores probably. Yeah, and this is the interesting thing about uh, the British food scene too, is that there's a lot of prêt-à-manger, prêt and that's of course French for ready to eat. It's just pre-made food, and you find them basically every block. And there are also lots of knockoff brands that are just basically food ready to eat, and British love it. You go into any Tesco, they also have ready-made food, a whole section of ready-made food. And I think that that's where a lot of people on the go get their food because they really can't rely on any restaurant to be A, timely, B, in, inexpensive. So Or even affordable. Well, yeah. inexpensive or even affordable. So I would say this, if you're going here, uh, I really wouldn't go look for a restaurant. Shea Tesco. Yeah, that's go our, to Tesco. Our, our place. I guess that would be your secret for today, Aaron. Shea Tesco. Yeah, yeah, go to Tesco. And also, if you are vegan, Tesco has lots of vegan options. So they, that, they label everything. Everything's carefully demarcated. There are a lot of vegans in, here in the UK. Yes. yes. But, uh, but I also have a secret. And that is, you might be surprised by this, because you would assume when you import things, they get more expensive. But I guess they've just found some way to circumvent that here. But Chipotle is surprisingly <laughs> well-priced. Well, we found yesterday grapefruits. 
that were half the price that they were in I'm Paris. not finished. Oh, sorry. Okay. I went to Chipotle and I came out of there with, with a drink, which I think the drink is honestly two pounds in and of itself because the drinks here are so expensive. Nine pounds. Nine pounds. And for a meal, when you compare that to all the other meals that you'd find in the area that are vegan and that are like really, really good, like, like they'll fill you up. That's a great price. And then one other secret on top of that, and this is just because I'm such a Chipotle aficionado. If you ask for extra rice and extra beans on your bowls at Chipotle, it will be the perfect amount of food because they always skimp out on the rice and skimp out on the beans and you eat the whole thing and you're like, well, that was very flavorful, but I'm not full. If you add more rice and you add more beans, it's going to be the perfect bowl. Rice and beans. Rice okay. and beans. Your comments from last week were great. We had this podcast that we did on chocolate tours, and we did a chocolate tour of Paris, and we asked what your favorite chocolate experience was when you were traveling, and you had a lot to say about that. Christine remembers a chocolate tour of San Francisco that she took a couple of years ago. They hit eight different chocolate shops, and she says, Ricciuti Chocolate, located in the Ferry Building, was our absolute favorite. Sadly, some of the shops have since closed, but Ricciuti is still there. Now we know where to go, and we're in San Francisco. Lynn says there is a chocolate shop in Richmond, Virginia, called For the Love of Chocolate, great name, that carries individual chocolates and chocolates from around the world. She says some of my favorites are Cadbury from England and German chocolate. German chocolate is great. We are in England now. We're going to have to try Cadbury while we're here. You know? Oh, yes, Cadbury. No, it all has milk in it. Cadbury, Cadbury I is, is... I don't know. Maybe is, some of it is... Uh, I know Cadbury is like, is like the milkiest milk chocolate ever. Mark wrote to say that we missed one of the best, possibly the best, he says, chocolatier in Paris, Jean-Paul Evin. I'm sure I mispronounced that. He says, Evin is an award-winning chocolatier, patisseur. He produces a huge variety of single-origin bars, usually over 20 to choose from. Mmm, sounds so good. From every chocolate-producing region in the world... Most of it's in the 70 to 75% range, but several are over 80%, which can be excellent from a good chocolatier. He also says his bars are exceptionally smooth and silky in texture, no matter how dark. Very skillful blending. Thanks for that comment, Mark, and on our next visit to Paris, I know where I'm going. So guys, we're in London for the next month. And we are going to share all of our experiences with you on the Elliot Confidential podcast. What are you guys looking forward to? Do you have any big plans while you're here? Hmm. I'm thinking we have to do the tea scene here. We have Ooh, to. Yeah, yeah. We have to figure out because you know tea in Britain has got to be something there. King crumpets. That's and the national. That the national. High tea. High tea. High, high tea. tea. High yeah. tea. Well, you could also I'm, just call it tea and crumpets. I guess. I don't know where I would get the high tea, but we have to figure that out. I think that. We maybe will do a, a tour of some sort and we'll just see how it goes. I'm so glad that you joined us for this episode of Elliot Confidential Podcast. I'm Christopher Elliot with Aaron Elliot and I'm Elliot here in London. We'll see you next week, guys. Yep, see you next week. See ya. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs>